With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we answer some of y'all's questions. And then it's Senior Bowl week, so the executive director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, joins us to talk about the OU guys that will be participating. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. Beautiful Monday, January 30th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of February's right around the corner, baby. Ah, can you believe that? All you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now, we are recording this a couple of days in advance because, Ted, got to go support my man, Blake. Got to go support the old belldozer. Going to the AFC Championship game. I'm hoping the Chiefs get a win, right? When most people listen to this, that game will have already happened. It will have been decided. I'm really hoping I'm celebrating a Chiefs win. I'm hoping I'm getting hammered in Kansas City with the boys. Come on, man. Yeah, We'll know by then if it was a good idea or a bad idea uh, to say that there's nothing special about the Bengals' offense. You know, that's – we'll see. We'll see. I think it's going to be an awesome game, though. I think the, I think the weekend is going to be really good. Two awesome football games, hopefully. Well, the games the, this is being recorded for the future, so the games have already <laughs> happened. If if they weren't good, make sure you tweet Teddy. That's at Ted Layman Eleven. It'd be like you're an idiot. Uh, okay, so we're gonna do a few Q and A questions, right? We had a bunch come in, some fun ones, and then Jim Nagy. It's Senior Bowl week. Ladies and gentlemen, a a massive week for some of these OU guys. Uh, there's going to be four OU guys down there. Eric Gray, Wanya Morris, 
Jalen Redmond and Braden Willis. And Ted, you and I both participated in it, and it is is stressful, man. But was able to catch up with Jim Nagy uh, about those guys and talk a little Senior Bowl. It's it's his annual visit, man. What is this? Three years in a row for Nags? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, starting to be an annual thing, which. Hey, uh, we've seen some we've seen some Sooner players go down there and show really well, and it's helped them out a lot in the draft recently. Yeah. All right. It's a fun interview. You guys are going to like that. But let's get into the Q&A, man. And this first one comes from Nick Galana. Galana? You think that's right? G-E-L-O-N-A? Galana? I think that's right. All right. And this is a good question. I like this one. If you could pick any three teams from the SEC for OU to play every year, excluding Texas, which three teams would you choose? So remember, it's going to be a 16-team league mm-hmm. when OU and Texas get there. So for, for a reminder, in the West, you've got Bama, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, and A&M. And in the East, you've got Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. So our man Nick wants us to pick any three. I'll let you go first. What do you think? Well, kind of what I've done is I've broken it down into categories a little bit because it's not realistic to say that, like, I'd like to play Georgia, Bama, and LSU every year, right? So – you got to take one from that group, Bama, LSU, Georgia. Um, I'd like to play LSU every year. I think there's – and I know, like, this is probably a one-sided thing since they beat us in the national championship and then beat us in 2019. But, like, there's a lot of pent-up anger with LSU from Sooner fans. And I think that could turn into like an awesome yearly situation. Maybe it turns into a, a horrible yearly situation, but uh, I think that would be good. Like the next group to me is like kind of like semi-local. And I know A&M is still really far away, but I had A&M, Arkansas, and Missouri as schools that are fairly close. And of those, like I think it's just natural with Arkansas. So I'd go LSU, Arkansas, and then, like, for a far trip, I think South Carolina sounds awesome. It looks like they've got a great fan base. They're not the greatest. I mean, they're they're a good, solid team that's that's coming up. It's a quality opponent, but you're not facing a team that, you know, is number one in recruiting year in, year out. So I think I'd go LSU, Arkansas, and South Carolina. I – I'm with you. Now, let me make one thing very clear. If we just want OU to win games, (laughs) give me Vanderbilt, give me Missouri, and then who would be your – like, if we're just talking, hey, let's let OU rack up three wins, who would be the third choice right now? With how And things change over time, clearly, but Florida, Arkansas, A&M, but you know A&M's got talent right? With the way that they've yeah. recruited. So I don't know. Would it be Arkansas? Especially Probably. they lost a lot of coaches. They lost some players. Probably be Arkansas. I, Cause you know, they've made like a little two year run here where they've been a, a good solid football team, but over like the last 
15 years or so, maybe not quite 15 years, at least a decade, they haven't been very good. I, I, I think that, I think you've talked me into South Carolina and I, I do like the Shane Beamer connection. I know he's not going to be there for forever. Right. But just for right here, right now, like that would make it a whole lot of fun. Yeah. At least for me and you. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I think, but, I've, I don't think I've ever been to South Carolina. I, I just went, we went to Charleston last year for the first time ever. And of course, Shane Beamer DM me. was like, dude, you're in South Carolina. And you didn't let me know. <laughs> I was like, this, that's why you're the best, man. That's why he's the best. But I, I've never been to Columbia and that place looks like that place gets going. Yeah. And, and if not you, many places that don't get going. That's true. When the big schools are, especially when the big schools are coming to town. I was thinking maybe Florida, but I'd rather have South Carolina than Florida. Yeah. I think Columbia is supposed to be really cool. Like it's supposed to be a really cool city. And, and I think OU fans, that would be just one hell of an environment. And would South Carolina, are they going to be better than Florida moving forward? They certainly were better in them this season. It's, I think it's too early to tell on Florida. I mean, Florida's got more historical potential, but Beamer seems to have it going pretty well, man. He, They find ways to win scrappy games. You know, and I got to tell you, like, I hate taking Tennessee out of there because that Tennessee trip was incredible. I say South that, Carolina was better than Florida. I'm pretty sure Florida beat their ass. They like, did. It, and, they lost, I think, did they lose to Missouri and Florida? Yeah, it was bad. And then they finished up the way that they did, and everyone was like, right. wait, what? Yeah. Hmm. So maybe it would be, maybe South Carolina is not only a fun matchup, but it's also a fun place for fans to go to an away game, but it's also pretty damn winnable each and every year. Yeah. So have we settled on anything? I I I'm in. I think my three would be South Carolina, LSU, and Arkansas. Okay. Then we agree. What quick question for you. How do you feel about trading LSU for Tennessee? Fine. Hypel just signed the big extension. I'm just looking at kind of the near future, right? Yeah. Heupel just signed the long extension. That storyline would be fun each and every year. You didn't go to that game, did you? No, I was still, I was still playing in the NFL. Incredible. Everyone. My wife went, and she was like, it was insane. It, it was awesome. It's, it's the best road game for OU that I've ever been to, and it's not even close. Ohio State, not even close. So are but we it going? It was a great game, too, which helps, obviously. Yeah. Uh, are we going LSU, South Carolina, Arkansas, or do we want to get Tennessee in there? Tennessee's fine. I'll do Tennessee. I'm but I don't want to – listen, if Tennessee, first of all, kind of seems like they got it rolling. Well, hey. But LSU. Tennessee's one thing. Like, it's – the risk reward is very high with LSU. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was about know? to say, I think like, I'd rather have Tennessee every year than LSU. If you're you're absolutely stuck dealing with LSU fans every year, maybe that's not a good idea. Let's Tennessee or South Carolina. Okay. It is settled. Great question, Nick. Good question. The good thing is, is right now, since we don't have much history with with many of these schools, I, almost any three answers is right. In, in all seriousness, if I could pick one school for OU to play every single year in the SEC, I think I would pick Vanderbilt. It's basically a guaranteed win. And then we get to go to Nashville every other year. You kidding me? That'd be awesome. That would be OU fans would love that. That would be awesome. Now, would the games be great? Probably not, but who cares? There's nothing wrong with getting an easy win. Maybe they're going to be the best program in the country. Clark Lee did say that. Right. That happened. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get to the next question. This one comes from David Campbell. Oh, man. How long would it take Schmitty to get you back into shape starting today? And what would be the thing you'd have nightmares about going into it? Well, what what is in shape? That's, that's, a, that's what I was about to question. say. That's, that is exact exact question I was going to say. Depends what you mean by back in shape because – if you're talking about like 21 year old in shape, it doesn't like there is no amount of working out or anything that would get me back into that level of fitness. We we would need chemical assistance. Yes, that's right. I I don't think like if if I was back into like a college routine where it's really all I did, all I worried about all day, every day. Um, you sprinkle in some school here and there, but everyone just... knows you're a big school guy. <laughs> I, it, I don't think it would take that long to get into really good shape for my age, like incredible shape for my age. But I mean, come on, I'm 41 years old. So I'm 32. I would just be really concerned about the running. Yeah. This is true. I I knew I was going to retire before my wedding, so that was 2018. So I stopped running February of 2018. I have not run since. And I'm not like, haven't jogged? Certainly haven't sprinted. <laughs> like, you know, people that are like, oh, yeah, sometimes I just went on a run. No, I don't do that, ever. It's Peloton, elliptical, Versa climber, stairmaster. It is feeder on the ground. We are not there, so I'd be very, very worried that something, multiple things, would pop. Like it, we'd get on the track and do two hundreds, dude. It would not be good. There's no way. You'd, It'd be bad. You'd need it. Well, I say you. We would need a slow build up. We would need a slow build up. 
because whenever you're young, they can throw you in just like full speed and it's going to be miserable. Don't get me wrong, but you probably most likely won't die and most likely will not uh, destroy your body with injuries. That's not the case at this age. You will most likely die and you definitely will be destroyed by injuries. So you have to gradually smooth into it with with how you feel right now like with any ailments you got going on right now david asked what what would be the thing that would give you nightmares about going into like a schmitty workout what would be the number one thing for you like anything for me like my right shoulder is like bone on bone and you remember having to like overhead press like 185 or like clean and jerk, like 220, like my arm would fall off, dude. Like it would be, it'd be terrible. I, it's been a long, long time since I power cleaned, man. And I know you're still into some of that stuff. So you would be, you would fare better than I would. If he just threw 315 on the bar right now, it's was like, Hey, make it, Hey, figure it out. Big dog, get it done. I, I may cry, dude. I don't, there's no yeah. way. Uh, nightmare fuel for me is I am like 100% fast twitch muscle. That's, that's what I am. I I've tried over time to try and develop a little bit better, like endurance and cardio stuff. It's just, it doesn't happen to me. I'm just straight into anaerobic, anything that I do. It's just how it works. So torture for me was like the, whenever, whenever I was there, we did six trip hundreds shuttles hundred back, you know, it's 600 yards. And I think the time was like, I think it was, it, it was started at two minutes. I think they bumped it down to like 150 at one point and we did six of them. And that is, it's just, that's my nightmare is the long it just goes on, feels like forever and ever and ever. That's that is nightmare for me. Short burst, like back of the line, quick rest, and then burst again. I can do that stuff all day long. Well, not all day. I'm better at that. The long distance stuff. Oh, it's just it's torture for me. I think, I think if I had to choose my running right now, which remember haven't run in over four years. <laughs> I think the six trips of the hundred, I think I'd fare better at that than like, Hey, we're lining up and we're running ramps or stadiums or gas. I just feel like something would pop like bad. The gassers, whenever you're like, when the times are cooking and you're full speed into those turns. Yeah. That's an Achilles waiting to pop at this age. I want no part of that, man. I want no part of any of it. I and I was never good at lifting. So like if you're talking about nightmare going into it, like the weight room, that's where I I would be going in there like already mentally defeated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it would just I'd be sweating. I'd be I'd be there the anxiety would be high. So it, high. It was always one of those uh like whenever you first start like a new cycle, like it's, you're just going into winter workouts or you're just going into summer workouts. 
and it's the first day, like part of it is who are they going to put me with? Like, because I, I'm sure it was the same with you. If you have three guys in a group and one guy is, you know, noticeably stronger than the other two guys, you do the stronger guys weight. Like there's no, you don't switch the weights in between. It's just like, yeah, we'll just all use the heavier guys weight. So that's part of it. It's that the, it's the lottery. That was my that was my existence at OU. Let's get this just in. I was never the strongest guy in my group. <laughs> oh my god, it's great. Oh, all right, we got a couple more questions. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states, offering 24 hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone, so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Love's Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Love's Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Love's Travel Stops. For a full list of what Love's has to offer, visit loves.com. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. All right, this next question comes from Clayton Champion, which, what a phenomenal name. He asks, as former student-athletes, what is your honest opinion on NIL and Transfer Portal? And if you had the power to change anything about it, what would you change? You want me to go first? This this is going to be a complex answer. Here's what I think. I think that College athletics is supposed to be amateur athletics. Uh, I know that the the whole situation has been muddied, and I guess you couldn't help that college football became as wildly popular as it is, and there's so much money being made by the university. So you're left with like a dilemma. How do we stay as amateur athletics, but – you know, we're making all of this income. So I know it's, it's not an easy puzzle, but if, if I, I don't, I like, in like NIL, I think it's, I think a player should be able to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. If someone wants to have you come sign autographs, fine. Someone wants to pay you to uh, be a spokesman for something. Fine. If it's organic and it's real, right? And we never even got a chance to see that. As soon as this thing happened, it turned into big collectives, piling money in, and let's just find a whatever way possible to give the money to these players. And I just, I, it's not real to me. And it it takes, 
I don't know. It it takes all of the what you think about college sports and what's genuine about it and what's real about it, and it changes it because I, I it wasn't very long ago that guys went to a school because they were a little kid and dreamed of playing on that field. Now guys go to a school, and I'm not blaming the players at all, but now it's I'll go wherever I get the most money, wherever I get the the best deal. And I think it just ruins the innocence of it. And I I feel bad for the players because the money that they're going to get in the NIL stuff is not going to make them happy. It's just not. I, it's a, it'll, for the time being, it's going to feel like something great that you've got this money in your pocket. But the experience, the going to battle with your teammates – like nobody has anything. We're all just, you know, scraping by with our scholarship check. Like that's what makes it fun. Like that's what you remember about it, that there was no ego involved. There's no money involved. It's, it was pure. So that's why I don't like NIL. Like I, I wish it was organic. And when it's organic, I think it, it can be real, but we haven't had that. And the, as far as the transfer portal goes, I mean, I think that there should be like a handful of reasons to why guys can transfer. Um, I, the coaching change thing is difficult for me. I I think like there there needs to be a window. Like maybe if you were a freshman and a coach left, then you can transfer. But you know, but if you opened it up, like. I just feel like everyone would bail, but you already have that now. I don't know. I wish there was a couple of more qualifiers on the transfer portal instead of just open season, if that makes sense. You know, the graduate transfer thing I thought was great, right? Guys go to school, forces them to go to school. They graduate. A lot of guys graduate early and are able to transfer out and go try a new place. Like, I thought that was great because there's a, you know, there's a little bit, you're dangling a carrot there, right? You graduate, you go wherever you want. Like, I thought that was awesome. I wish it was, I wish it wasn't quite so open season. I, I, I still really don't have a fully formed opinion of the NIL stuff. And remember, I did some NIL stuff with some OU guys throughout the season, and that was rewarding for me. But it was simple. It was easy. Like they were doing something for what they were getting. Like it was, I mean, it, it made sense. Kind of like what you were saying. But I I still I still think we need to see how this system is gonna function long term. Mm-hmm. One of the ways I see it is the like the Big Ten is about to make a billion dollars a year with their TV deal. It's because of football. The guys playing Big Ten football deserve to make money when you're bringing in that much money. And yeah. I, I kind of view it this way. If people are willing to pay these guys money for whatever reason, then all right. Now, do I wish it was merit-based? Like, I think the guys that are good should make the most NIL money. I think the guys that have proved it on the field should make the most NIL money. Not some recruit that hasn't stepped on the field. 
but I understand doing what you got to do to get a five-star quarterback in to kind of change your program. Like I get that. And recruiting services make a ton of money off of covering recruiting. So do I have a problem with recruits getting paid to go places? Not really. I mean, that is a billion, multi-billion dollar industry now. Rivals, 24-7 sports on three, all that stuff, right? Yep. So my whole approach to it is I I want the best players to get the most money. That's how it should work, right? That's how every other sports league works. Like, if you perform, you get paid. Yep. I, I wish that was how it is. And, and it's not necessary. And I know there's, you know, some players have big social media followings and maybe they're not the best player and that stuff factors. And I get that. But I love NIL. Shit, I wish it was around when we were playing. You, I would pay money to see a Teddy Lehman commercial when you were in college. I don't know what it would be, oh but I'd God. pay money to see it. But you know, like I, I'm glad the guys are making money because they deserve to make more more money. And I know people are saying, "Well, their scholarships worth X, Y, and Z." Listen, you got to remember the amount of money that schools bring in because of football. I mean, look at Alabama, and it's not, and it's not just. And it's not it's not just athletics. No, right? it's enrollment. It's enrollment. all that it's like the the effect it has on the local economy, the city, like especially places that really care about football. Like the guys on the field play a huge role in all of that. So yeah, I think NIL's a great thing. Is it perfect? No. Do I think it's the worst thing in the world? No. Do I wish that kids and their parents chose schools that they feel were going to develop them as the best player and the best person possible? Yeah, I do. But it's not how the world works, man. Like money, money influences decisions that all of us make every day. So I'm supposed to judge a kid because he goes somewhere because of money when I'm making all kinds of different choices, like, because of money. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of, unfortunately, it's just kind of how the world works at points in time. Like, you wish it'd be like, hey, what makes you happy? Yeah, do that. But yeah. really, it's kind of, hey, where can you be happy enough where you're getting taken care of financially? That's, that's kind of life, man. <laughs> so it's, in the portal, I just, <laughs> that. Well, it's hard it's hard to keep track of where everyone's at now. On the NIL deal, I I agree with everything you said. And especially that last part. That's life, right? But I, this is nah. this is my thing is like that's why if if I could if I had a a, a wish or a genie or whatever, I could snap my fingers and I could go back and start college football all over again as a freshman, not knowing anything. But I could choose right now if I could go back in an NIL environment or a, a non-NIL environment, I would choose to go back in a non-NIL environment because 
you're right that it, it is what life is but college football is not life it is it's something completely different life starts as soon as you're done soon as you're done with college football all that matters is money right that's all you think about to pay the mortgage to pay the bills to keep the lights on to put food on the table that's what it is and I would never want to play college football thinking about that. The peace of mind, I had too many other things to think about. The peace of mind of knowing that you don't have anything <laughs> in college was like, you don't think, does that make any sense? Like, yeah, it's, no, no, no. It's well, just, it, to me, it's just pure and it's real. I would never want to play college football in that environment. It. It's an interesting point, really not something I'd thought about. And I've told you the most fun I've ever had playing football my whole life is when I played in the UFL and everyone made the same exact amount of money and it was nothing. And it was bliss after playing five years in the NFL going to do that. It was, it was the greatest thing ever. Still have a ton of friends from playing in the UFL. Don't have hardly any. Really, I would say zero from playing in the NFL. I I think I would choose the non-NIL environment. I mean, I was an O-lineman. I would have made like $12 anyways <laughs> if it was, <laughs> it was the NIL environment. Let's be real. Come on. But that makes me wonder how much pressure some of these kids now like a feel because it, it used to be okay if a guy was really really good. Yeah, you're going to a school and you're trying to get to the league, and that's how you support your family, right? Or maybe hey, a school's giving your parents something under the table, and that you they're getting helped out. But the thing was like get to this college that will get me to the league, that will help me, that'll help my parents. You know that was kind of the progression, right? And now it's like these high school kids, some of them, I got to choose the school that where I could take care of my parents, which is just a crazy thought. And then what happens if you don't play well? So all of a sudden, like the pressure, because like you're saying, like when we're in college, we're still asking our parents for money, right? It's like, right. hey. Mom, can I get some money? Like, can I get some extra money? And now you got these kids who may have people depending on what they're bringing in on NIL. Yeah. And that's that's a lot of pressure, man. And you still got to go out. You got to handle class. You got to handle all the extra stuff. And then you got to go saying, out and play man, well. You don't, you don't want life to start yet. I mean, that's what's great about college football. Making these kids grow up too quick, man. I know it. I but I, I see both sides of it, and that's why it's tough for me. Because like, hey, they're all over eighteen. Like, there are a lot of people out there that got to grow up way earlier than they should probably have to. Oh yeah, that's true. Hey, and, th that's true. And uh, that's the thing is like, I don't have, I don't, I don't, I'm fine with the nil situation. Like, I'm not. I'm not mad that kids are choosing to go to school where they get the most money. I, I don't judge them for that at all. I think that's totally reasonable. 
because that's what we've done is we've we've taken we've taken the place that you feel most comfortable and what feels like home we've taken that off the table for some kids and it's still a small select few like for the vast majority it's like you're going where where you feel like is the best place but you know there there's there's that small select crew where it's like we're making you choose to go where the money is and not necessarily what feels right or you know where the relationship feels the best so i don't know i i'm not mad at the kids like it's it's the environment they've been placed in frankly i feel sorry for them it's just way it's it's way different than what we went through and yeah, i just wonder it, i wonder how different it feels like in the locker room you know what i mean or if it feels different at all it has to it has you would to think i if I was a like three year starter and like just grinding away, putting it on the line week in, week out, year in, year out, and you know, I don't have I'm not getting an NIL deal, but there's a like a freshman that hasn't even played yet that's in high school that's getting a million dollar NIL deal, I would be pissed. I that and trust me, I would let them know whenever they got there. I would ride their ass constantly about how much money they had. Let's see if he lives up to it today. He was horseshit yesterday. Does the million dollar kid have it? Can he finally show up every day? I would make life a living hell. And I'm sure there's guys out there that do that, right? I mean, dude, I don't know if people are wired like you anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> Eight I'm, million dollar boy, come on! Drinks on you, million tonight. dollar man. Yeah, well, That's I don't know. Like, like I said, I, 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 I feel sorry for for some of the kids that they've had to. Like the innocence of college football has been taken. Um, it's still great. And every, I mean, there's still guys that enjoy the, that love the experience. It's still amazing and probably overdoing it here on some of this, but you know, it's just these high school kids that have million dollar deals coming in. They're not in a position yet to be able to see who's taking advantage of them and who's not. And that even includes parents by aiming you to places that maybe you don't necessarily want to go because the money is a little bit better. It's a lot more complicated now, man. I know. I hope they make more a bunch money, of money. More problems, Gabe. There's, there is no doubt. No doubt about that. All right. Well, that went long. So it was a good question though. I mean, it's, it, and it's, it's a fun discussion and it, it is one like I'm really interested in you know, like seven, eight years from now when this has been in place for like a decade, first of all, things could look very, very different, but I, they will. I'm sure one way or another, do we end up looking back at it and being like, you know what? Wasn't that bad. Like we, everyone got it figured out. It kind of evened out. It started making a little more sense how the system was operating, but going to take some time, man. Don't have don't have the power of hindsight quite yet. No. Nope.
People are going to listen to this and be like, what the hell? Did they just... What happened? What happened to like the entertaining, fun, like football stuff? Now we're talking about life and money. It's like, what is this? Hey. Yeah. We're like onions. We have layers, people. Come on. All right. Let's hear from Jen Nagy. But first... Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSS, OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. All right, let's talk some Senior Bowl with the man, Jim Nagy. It is our pleasure to be joined by the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Jim Nagy is in the house. What's going on, man? It's our annual visit. How we doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, Gabe. Thanks for having me back on, man. It's it's good to have you. And I know you're extremely busy right now, so let, let's get right to bit. it. And <laughs> you just announced, we're recording this a little in advance because you are a busy, busy man. You just announced how some of the coaching staffs are going to work for the game, and it's a big change from what we've seen in the past. What what kind of inspired the change? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just something the league came to us about. Um, you know, we've had the full coaching staff for 73 years, and uh, this is year 74, and now we've got a new format. So that was kind of thrown at us this summer. Um, but I think the change is going to be good for our players. So, you know, rather than just having exposure to two teams for the whole week, we have we have 16 teams represented on the coaching staffs this year. So that's that's guys in meeting rooms. That's guys having meals with them every day. That's guys on the field coaching them. Um, so we've got 16 teams that are going to leave Mobile, then uh, all non-playoff teams. So it's the top half of the draft um, that are going to leave here with great information on our guys. And you know, like Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, is is the head coach of the American team. And I mean, they've got the number one pick in the draft. So. Um, and the Raiders on the other side, they're picking seventh. And their D coordinator, Patrick Graham, is the coach of our national team. So um, I do think the change is going to be good for our players. It seems seems like it would be good for the players, but also good for the teams, right? Getting more exposure to all of these top prospects that great are in the, the draft. Teams. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great for the teams. Like I said, I mean, you've been through it. I mean, you know what goes on behind the scenes. I mean, people see what happens on the field on NFL Network and, and ESPN on our practices, but 
you know, that's only a, a small fraction of what goes on here during the week. So, no, it's going to be great for the teams. They're going to get a lot of good intel. Um, and I think that was part of it. And we've had over 40% of the last two entire draft classes that have come out of the game. We've, we're setting, we've had record-breaking numbers, 106 players drafted out of the game the last two years. Um, so the more the teams can get to know those guys and the more the, the players can get to connect with the teams, I think it's a win-win for all. Yeah, you, you look at the other all-star games, they just – they just don't compare, man. You guys are you guys are crushing it there in Mobile. Okay, let's get to the OU guys. And yeah. Jim, I I can't describe how excited I was when Braden Willis let me know he got his senior bowl invite because he was he was my favorite player on OU's entire football team this season. I don't think anyone played harder than him. Ultimately, what did y'all see on tape there at the senior bowl that ended up with him getting an invite yeah man you you must not be the only one who was the favorite guy because uh the the support for Braden on social media was uh was very strong um one leading up to us inviting him and two once we announced it man there's a ton of support for for Braden but uh I would say his versatility you know I mean versatility and toughness you know he's not that he's not the biggest guy in the world he's more of an h-back sized guy and I haven't seen him physically yet myself. Where our Southwest scout, um, Walter Julep, who scouted for over 30 years. He, I know he scouted you, Gabe, when you came out. He worked for the Cowboys for 30-some years. Um, and then he went to the Raiders the last four or five years with Mike Mayock and got let go when that regime changed. So we, we were we were blessed to have, like, the most senior scout in the NFL work for the Senior Bowl this year. And he went up and went to a couple practices in Norman, and, and he's close with that staff and Venables and um, – he did say he's like, man, they 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 rave about this guy. So I haven't seen him, but he looks, you know, just measurable standpoint. Um, looks like an H back size guy. But when they attach him on the line of scrimmage, I mean, he puts his face on people and he fights. I mean, he's got, he's he's a tenacious blocker. Uh, he's athletic enough to do stuff on the move, which is which is obviously key if you're going to be playing him so fullback, which we'll probably do during the week down here. Um, and then the past game, he's got really nice feel for getting open. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to like there, and I thought it was really cool just to see the response of uh, Sooner Nation out there once we announced it. I mean, it was uh, overwhelming, uh, you know, c compared to some of the other players, not just the Oklahoma guys, but I mean, his his the volume, the reaction when we made that announcement was uh, was pretty cool to see. Now, this is something I've always wondered, you know, and with your background in scouting and, and what you're doing now with the Senior Bowl. Like Braden Willis, to me, just, you know, being being close to the team, being on the sideline on game day, like he was the vocal leader of the team, right? So how do you guys factor that piece in as well? Like clearly you're you're evaluating the tape and there, there's nothing more important than the tape, but how much do scouts care about that type of stuff, like the leadership component and and some of those other things as opposed to just what they are as a player? Well, scouts care a ton about it, um, Gabe. I mean, I think the, the the personal and football character of a player is paramount. But and that's really the challenge we have is uh, you know we had nine former NFL scouts on our staff this year, 170 some years of experience. Walter having about 40 of those years himself. But uh, you know we don't have an NFL budget. We can't be in the schools every day. Like Walter made a one-off trip up to Norman because he knows those guys. Um, really well and had a place to stay in Norman. Like we don't have, we're not a billion dollar operation. So um, we're at games every Saturday and we're watching tape all week, but the hard part for us is really digging and finding those guys. So 
Um, I love hearing what you're saying because those are the guys you've been through the week. Those are the guys that bring juice to practice. Um, you know, I mean, you, you need guys that are tempo setters down here in Mobile. We need guys that are – because it's an unfamiliar environment for all these players, right? Like, even though they're the best of the best, they all come in with some apprehension, some anxiety. You know, it's a new setting. They're at practice. They see, you know, Mike Tomlin standing right there, you know, GM standing over there. Like, it's just kind of unsettling. So to get some guys that have that kind of alpha makeup to them and, and want to compete and bring juice and be a tough ass in practice, like that's music to my ears because we, we need some of those guys to set the tone on Tuesday and then they all kind of feed off it in, in Wednesday and Thursday and we roll through the game. Um, but we, need, we definitely need those guys. So it's great that, that Braden's that guy. I, I will be shocked because I do it every year. About the week after the game, text you, hey man, how'd the OU guys do? I'll be shocked. <laughs> If you're not really, really pleased with what with what Braden Willis brings to the week down in Mobile, okay, Eric Gray, fantastic season, uh, arguably the most reliable player for OU. He was, I mean, he was really the most consistent piece of that offense when it came to production. What what stood out to you and your staff about Eric, and what what ultimately got him that Senior Bowl invite? Yeah, a couple things. I mean, one is ability to create. Um, he's got some bounce to him and really in the open field, he's got really good open field run instincts. Uh, he's got good feel for pursuit, good feel for angles. Um, so when you get him to that, when you pop him to that second level, he can make that backer miss. And then once he gets out in space, he's, he can be dangerous. And then, and then the past game stuff, I think he caught, you know, 99 balls over his college career, which for a college running back is a lot of production. You know, it's, it, they don't use backs nearly as much in the, in the past game, nearly like they do at the next level tight ends either. So when you see a back leaving college with, you know, a guy that's had 25, 30 catches all four years of his career, which Eric did, um, it shows that he's, he's got some feel. He's got hands. Um, you know, the league has really gone away from just a, a first and second down back. I mean, when I got into scouting 25 years ago, I remember we had the, we had the, we had the uh, debate in the Patriots draft room one year between Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch. Um you know, and we thought, you know, Adrian Peterson, we saw as like a, a like a high elite first and second down runner. Um, but we thought Marshawn was a true third down back and would get would have three down versatility. So um, and there's not many just first and second down backs anymore. It's a dying breed. So you need a guy that can play on all three. And we, we think Garrett can do that. When when it comes to the pass protection piece of it for these running backs, because clearly when it, when you know, when I watched Eric this season, that that's probably the piece of his game that needs the most work. But it, is that just the case for pretty much all running backs? Is that something that in the scouting community you guys look at and you go, okay, we can really we can really work on that. Focus on that. You can't teach the elusiveness, the ability to you know break tackles and all that. But you can really hone in and work on the pass protection piece. Like how how important is that in the evaluation of a running back? It's it's hugely important. Um, you know, Coach Sylvester Croom um, is on our senior bowl staff as well. He's, he's vice president here. He's kind of he's, he's been my mentor the last five years. Um, and Coach Croom's been there, done that at every level of college football and, and the NFL. I mean, I think he was an NFL assistant for 25 years and coached that position. And he always said the big his biggest takeaway from senior bowl week as a coach was the pass pro um, and not so much. Not so much the technique that can be taught. You know, the patience can be taught. Um, and obviously just the scheme part can be taught, but what can't be taught is the willingness and the toughness and, and just, you know, just the, the willingness to step up and take people on and keep a base and, and rock people. Um, 
And that's what, that's what these guys are. That's what these guys are looking for during the week. And, and it's not so much a size thing. Like I, I learned this a long time ago with Kevin Falk, um, a guy we just put in our senior bowl hall of fame last year. You know, Kevin's like when he retired was the number two runner in, in sec history, had a great run with the Patriots when I was there really was like our unsung. He was our unsung hero of that football team. Um, and he was five Oh seven, seven guy wouldn't even five, eight. And, uh, and when he got out of LSU, um, I wasn't there the first year or two with Kevin. I got there after a second or third year, but I heard when they got him, like it was really rough. The pass pro stuff was really rough. Um, and by the time I got there, like the most dependable pass pro guy I probably was ever around. And he was five, you know, he, was, he wasn't even five, eight. So it's not really a size thing. It's uh, you know, it's a, it's a vision thing, recognizing, and then just having the toughness and the technique to, uh, to put your face on people and stick with them. Yeah. Just, Thinking about Eric's season, uh, had a great offseason, added some size that he needed to add, and I think that resulted in him being able to finish runs better and, and yeah. getting some getting some extra yards. And the thing that that I really like about him, I, I take I take a lot of value in what coaches say about you publicly, right? And every time he got brought up, whether it was Demarco Murray or Jeff Lebby or Brent Venables, they always said the same thing: like, "Hey, the guy's a pro." handles himself as a pro, carries himself that way, works throughout the week like he's already in the NFL. And, you know, when you hear DeMarco Murray say that about a guy, you're like, okay, yeah, that it, it seems like he's uh, he's going to have a nice career at, this, at the next level. No, no question. And, and coming from DeMarco, that's going to carry a lot of weight in the NFL as well. Um, and you almost have to be a pro nowadays. Like, there's no waiting anymore. I and mean, the, the league used to be a more patient league. And again, I think it's a sliding scale. The, the higher pick you are, probably the more patience you get from a, from an organization. Uh, but they want guys that are ready to hit the ground running. You know, you might you might give a guy a year, you know, maybe two years to kind of get with the program a little bit because you know, being a pro is a lot different than being a college player. You, I mean, it's it's there's a lot. The NFL lifestyle is difficult, um, and some guys just can't make that adjustment. But so when you hear that, when you hear that a guy's ready to hit the ground running, he's already a pro, and that's coming from guys that have been in the league like DeMarco, yeah, that's going to carry a lot of weight with the NFL guys. Yeah. Jalen Redmond, he's an interesting prospect, man. He's had yep. had injury issues. Had some. He's had some bad luck, honestly, throughout his career at Oklahoma. But you, you can see the glimpses of what he can be, especially as a pass rusher. What What's important for him to show during the week at the senior bowl, like what, what, what do you teams want to see from him? I think the same thing that Perry on Winfrey showed last year. And that's just the tenacity. I mean, I, I don't know if you're ever going to reach Perry level. That dude, that dude was different when it came to intensity and in practice. Like we talk about bringing juice to mobile, like, Holy cow, that kid last year, like even on game day, I've never seen anything. I've never seen a competitor on game day in an all-star game like Perry on in, 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 in the four years I've, I've been here. I mean, he was off the charts, but no, I mean, he, he's different than Perrion. He's different than Isaiah Thomas. Totally different player, totally different skill set. But I think what intrigues teams and intrigued us um, is just he's got upfield quickness. He's got penetration ability. He's got the ability to get behind the line of scrimmage and be disruptive. And those guys are hard to find. I mean, it's, you know, teams are looking for the big body guys to, you know, play at the line of scrimmage and take on blocks and keep backers free. But they also need guys that are going to, you know, get upfield and, and, and can provide pressure and, and disruption. And, and and he has that in his body. Now it's just, you know, doing it more consistently. I, I think Jalen's one of those guys where his, his best football still ahead of him. I'm with you. And uh, I'm really interested to see how the week 
goes for him because some games for me, you're like, dang, that guy might be the best player on the field. And then other games, he just kind of disappears. And I know that when you guys are evaluating players, that's, I don't know if that's a concern, but you're like, okay, why is the production with the, with the skill set and the size, like why is the production not where it probably should be? What's the conversation like when, you know, the measurables and the skill set aren't necessarily matching up with the production you would expect? Yeah. I mean, that's what makes a good scout is getting to asking the right questions and getting to the bottom of it. Right. And sometimes it's instinct. Sometimes it's effort. Um, sometimes it's just lack of experience and, and know-how. Um, some of it's technique. You know, some guys can have all the tools in the world. They don't play with technique. As you know, I mean, at your position, there, there's probably a lot of, there's a lot of guys bigger and stronger than you, um, and you, but you are a much better player. You know, I mean, it's just so there's – it's usually one of those things. That's usually the root of it, but that's what scouts have to do. they gotta, they got to work the building. they got to get real answers from the coaching staff and – and now with, with Coach Riley's staff out at USC, I'm sure teams are doing that kind of work too. I mean, that's really – that's been one benefit, I would say, of college coaching is as volatile it's, it's become. And coaches are bouncing all the time and they end up all over the place. It, it's rare nowadays when you scout a player and he's been coached by the same group of coaches for four straight years. You know, so you usually have another school to go to and, and, and get, gather more information. So that's what this whole process is about is just gathering information and trying to pull it all together and coming to your own conclusion on it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a big week for, for Jalen in terms of the consistency. Um, I think, you know, again, just if he comes down and competes hard every day and he's got the tools in his body that he has, I think teams are going to see a player with a lot of upside. We'll get you back to the interview, but first, John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. They're family-owned and operated, and they've got nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers expectations in every way which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program and here's how it works you buy a new or used car from them then all you have to do is get all of the manufacturer recommended maintenance done at the vance dealership and if something goes wrong with components of your engine transmission drive axle or transfer unit they will cover the repair costs what a deal you can browse their entire inventory or find the john vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, back to the interview. I'm with you. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's got a he has a great week. Now, last OU guy that, that you guys are gonna have down there is one that you and I have talked about before. Wanye Morris. Guy that he has the size you're looking for, and he has the ability to move at that size that Let's just be real. There's not a lot of people on the planet 
that can move the way that he does at his size, but it's about the consistency, right? What what do you think teams are hoping to see from Wanye Senior Bowl week? Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, there is of the of the guys in this class of the linemen in this class. Um, he's one. He's got some wow factor to him. He's got some holy crap when you watch the tape. You know, he makes you rewind the tape on some plays. There's some stuff in space. When he gets out in space for a big guy, his ability, his body control and his change of direction, his balance, like it's smaller man stuff for a guy that's that that that's that big. I mean, I think the first game that, that we put on this year was Nebraska. Um, and there was some second level stuff and some stuff out on the perimeter. And I was like, we're inviting this kid like because there's only there's going to be four or five guys in this entire draft class, including the juniors that can do what he did in these reps. So, I mean, he was a pretty easy guy to invite because the talent is all there. Um, again, you got to dig into it. Like, I don't know what happened with the transfer from Tennessee. Um, you know, again, that's what the NFL teams are trying to figure out for us. I'm just trying to big, bring the most talented guys to Mobile. He's clearly that. Um, you know, he's played He played on the right side this year. He's a left tackle athlete all the way. Um, I think a lot of NFL teams will. And I understand why he didn't play left tackle at Oklahoma. He had a pretty good one there. Um but he is, it's hard to find left tackle athletes. They, they're really hard to find. I mean, there's only a handful in every draft class. He's one of them. So he'll get the opportunity to go over there uh, during senior bowl week here coming up and, and, and show that he can play over there because physically there's, there's really nothing he can't do from a, from a physical tools perspective, just initial quickness, body control, balance, space play. Um, he's got all that stuff. And there's some nasty to him. I mean, just in that Nebraska game, it's some of the second level stuff, him finishing, taking guys to the ground, um, I mean, so that's in him too. Um, you know, and team's got to figure out how do we unlock it all the time. I am. He, he was an extremely frustrating player for me just because of what you're saying. The flashes, I, I mean, were just spectacular. You're like, whoa, what is yeah, that? And where is it all the time? Right. And that's, that's frustrating for me. Gabe, if you talk about these guys, I mean, you talk about in a draft room all the time, if if you grade the flashes, if you grade the flashes with Wanya Morris, he's a first or second round pick. And I'm not saying he's going to go there, but he's there's there's going to be there there could be players drafted well ahead of him that don't have his talent. Again, the interview process is probably going to be huge. And I don't know Wanya at all. You know, I know his high school coach a little bit. Um, and he says really good things about him. So I always, you know, come into this week with an open mind. I try to get to know all these guys. Um, and I want the best for all of them. You know, like I really hope that they do a good job on the field. I hope they do a good job in the interviews. But because of some of the stuff you said, if you felt frustrated by him, I'm sure there's some scouts that felt the same way. So he's going to have to answer some of those questions. And, and that's why the interview process is so big. I do think him being outside of kind of the structure of college, where you have to deal with all kinds of stuff, right? Except for football. I think him just being able to focus on football, I, I think we're going to see some some pretty significant improvement in his play, or at least that's what I'm hoping. That's that's well, what I'm telling myself. And Gabe, you you know this um, better than most. I mean that that is the case with a lot of players. Let's like take Wanye out of this. There are a lot of players when you when you as a scout you're going into these schools day after day. I mean, some guys just don't like school, you know? I mean, most of us, most of us didn't love school, right? But I was a nerd and I didn't, I wouldn't say I loved it, Jim. Didn't love it. Right. But, but some of those guys, you're right. You take the academic, you take the academic load off their plate 
and let them just focus on football, that's where you see a bunch of guys. When you when you hear players referred to as, oh, he's he's a better pro than he was a college player. Well, a lot of it's because of that. Academics was really bogging him down. You know, all the all this all the study halls and all that. I mean, if they can just focus on football to become better, and again, take one yada, but maybe that is the case with them. I hope you're right. Um, if that's the case, if that is, if that's part of it, um, there's no reason why Wanya can't start be a two contract starter at the next level. And I, I do think, and I had a similar thought about Creed. I, I do think when you get Wanya running some more traditional zone, some more pin pull stuff, getting out in space, like you're saying, I think that'll set him up. Uh, for a lot of success. And there just hasn't been a ton of that at Oklahoma over these last couple of years. Little more with Levy wasn't a huge piece of what Lincoln did. Okay. You've got, you know, you've got your, your players that have accepted invites. When you look at the roster, what what do you think the deepest position group is this year for you guys? Um, you know, we talked about Eric Gray. I really like the running back group this year. That's, that's typically a hard position for, for an all-star game because a lot of those, really good junior backs leave early, you know, and, and I understand it. You know, that's one position where I think the league understands it. I mean, the league would like to see a lot of these guys stay in just to get more reps in development, because once they get to the next level, it's not really a developmental league anymore. Um, you know, the limited preseason, the limited pads. And I mean, they only have 14 padded practices in season now. So, you know, even in the off season, like there's just not a lot of development. So they want, they want guys to stay, but I think with running backs, they get it. Uh, but with this class, I mean, you got you got Chase Brown from Illinois, Gray, Roshan Johnson from Texas, Kenny McIntosh from from Georgia, who I think is going to do this once he gets gets here. He played in like a heavy rotation there at Georgia. I mean, I think that dude's going to be a really good NFL back. So I I, I like the running back group a lot. Um, the edge crew has some some pretty impactful rushers. That's going to be there's going to be some fun one on ones with with Wanye and some of that group. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the running the, the running running back group is pretty strong this year compared to other years. There, there's always a big deal made about the quarterback class, right? So how how do you feel about the guys that have accepted invites that are QBs? Um, there, it's going to be a, a fun week to work through because they're all kind of clumped together. Uh, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, I, I don't think Will Levis is going to come to the game, which. You know, I don't think he's healthy. I think his foot's been, been really been bothering him. He missed a lot of time late in the year. He's been trying to test it lately. We've kind of went through the process with Will. Um, and that'll break like a, a seven-year run where we've had a first-round quarterback, I think. Um, you know, we're talking to we're talking to Bryce Young's uh, people right now, too, because now we've got we've got Luke Getze, who's the offensive co- coordinator of the Chicago Bears. They have the number one overall pick. You know, and if you're Bryce Young and you're trying to separate yourself from C.J. Stroud, like, wouldn't you want to spend a week with the guy? And again, maybe you prove that you can beat it, that, that you're the guy more than Justin Fields, or maybe you just, you come down, have a great week. And now the bears trade out of that spot, but they use the information they get down here on Bryce young to help sell a team to move up anyway. But the guys on the roster, um, it's a good group. You know, you got Clayton tune from Houston and Jaron Hall from BYU, Jay Kaner from Fresno, Max Duggan from TCU. I mean, it, it's really a grouping right now of, of a collection of like a lot of fourth and fifth round guys um, and bringing it back to another OU guy. Like that's what Jalen Hurts was when he came here. You know, we, we do, we talk to, we talk to all the NFL teams. We share grades. We have a lot of, I mean, that's just, we really lean on my relationships in the NFL for this stuff. And the teams are great. They're pretty open with us. Um, and you saw where Jalen went. Jalen went to the second round and now 
now it looks like Jalen was underdrafted in the second round, right? Um, he looks like a franchise quarterback. So it'll be cool to see which guys, you know, if starting off the process in round four or five, how many of those guys can get into day two and be second, third round guys. So um, it'll be competitive. It's going to be a fun group. Well, one of my favorite things about the Senior Bowl is the small school guy that a lot of people don't know about has an awesome week and all of a sudden is a first-round pick. Who's that small school guy this year? Or maybe a couple guys that could potentially be that guy. Yeah, I mean, last year was a great year for that. We had Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga, who, um, again, a year ago at this time was, you know, fourth, fifth-round stuff. Um and win the first round of the New England Patriots. So he's a classic example. Christian Watson last year, the receiver from North Dakota State, at this time last year, fourth, fifth round, depending on what team you talk to, he went 34th overall to Green Bay. So um, it's a little bit of a down year in terms of the, the FCS guys are lower. Um, it's just for whatever reason, I don't know if they're portaling up. Um, I, I'll be curious to see how that works over the next few years with the portal. If we're going to lose some of the small school factor from our game, with those guys trying to transfer up at least to like a group of five school and prove themselves a little bit. So, so we'll see, I'm going to cheat and look over at the board a little bit on you here, Gabe. I mean, the, the easy one, the easy one is Cody Mauck from North Dakota state. I mean, right now, I think he could be a late first round pick. I think he's a slam dunk second round pick. Um, really good player makes it look easy at that level for sure. Um, but if we're just looking like FCS um, or lower, uh, there's a guy, Isaiah Land, from Florida A&M, has a lot to prove. And he, he had 19 sacks as a junior, um, led, the, led, all, led all levels. He was the Buck Buchanan winner um, at FCS, the FCS D2, FCS D2 Player of the Year, FCS Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and this, this year, the numbers just weren't there, and he's a little undersized. He's like, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 215 pounds. So the league just really wants to see this guy. Like, first of all, what weight is he going to come in at? It's hard to be a 215, 220-pound pass rusher in the NFL. Um, but he, he's an athlete, and he's got some really cool natural movement to him as a rusher. He's got some bend to him. Um, so I think he's a guy. I think Isaiah is a guy the league's really excited to see how he shows up physically, what he looks like, and what his skill set looks like against, against really good people. I, I know you got a meeting to get to. Last question I have for you. Will you – get on stage and dance at the Nelly concert or not? What's the plan? I'm going to introduce Nelly uh, with a couple of players. I haven't figured out who we're going to grab yet. A couple of years ago, we grabbed Justin Herbert and some guys to, to introduce the band. I don't know if I'll, th- I don't know, maybe in the, I don't know about on stage. I don't know about, I don't know if, I, I if he know, plays I, hot in here, Jim, you got to get on the stage. You got to rip the top off. You got to swing it around. Come on, man. I don't, I don't know if the, I don't know if my dance moves need an audience but uh but we'll see we'll we'll have fun nelly's gonna be a blast i'm excited i'm excited for that concert you you keep making the senior bowl bigger and better man you guys are doing an awesome job love catching up with you once a year on here man it's fun and and thanks for uh, dishing out some info on these ou guys as they head to a very very important week yeah well buddy i appreciate you having me back on this is always fun talking to you guys and uh always appreciate the invite All right. See you, Jim. Thanks, man. Big week for those guys down there in Mobile, man. Yep. Stay healthy. Play hard. Be prepared. It's uh, There's a lot of money going to be made and lost in that week of practice. No doubt about it. All right. We we should have a new episode on Wednesday. 
Now, I don't know, Wednesday or Sunday, because we are working on getting, let's just say, a guest that a lot of people would like to hear from right now. A lot of OU fans would very much like to hear from this man. An important conversation needs to be had. Correct. I think that conversation is going to happen. Do we want to use it on Wednesday or do we want to save it for Sunday? little buildup. I don't know. We'll see how the drama builds perhaps and make a decision later. We don't want to make a decision too early. Great point. (laughs) And on that note, episode 287 in the books, have a new podcast that'll drop Wednesday. May or may not have a big time guest. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from three to six on 94, seven, the ref. You can hear me from two to five on Sirius XM, big 12 radio channel, three seventy five. Hope you all have a fantastic week. Until next time, we appreciate all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one.